Good morning, everyone, and Merry Christmas. What a great time of year to celebrate our Lord's coming to earth. As it says in the scriptures, but you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathath, are only a small village among all the peoples of Judah. Yet a ruler of Israel will come from you, one whose origins are from the distant past. We'd like to invite you to fill out a little slip in your uh, bulletin if you have a prayer request so we can pray for it today and the rest of the week. Also, we have several things happening during the week. Some are not. Uh, no Bible study this morning. Uh, no children's church, uh, children's Sunday school or prayer meeting tonight. All the rest of the things are still going on for the rest of the week. Also, um, <clears throat> we have the food basket that we give to. So if you have food, you know where that goes. It goes to the ICT p pantry. And also baby change for mothers and, and families that don't have enough money to give um, diapers. In fact, you can see what we've done in the last six months of the change that people have collected and put in those little bottles that have bought all that uh, stuff for those little babies at uh, the Treehouse Ministry. And also there on the uh, wall in the lobby, there's uh, opportunities to read the Bible fully through. Also reading the, just the New Testament all the way through. Um, schedules that are made so that you can do it in the time that you have allotted in your life. And after the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. And the angel said, Stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Let's stand together and worship our great God by singing angels from the realms of glory. confession today. Merry Christmas. As we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior today, let's cleanse our hearts and minds of, of sin. Please join me with this morning's prayer confession. All-knowing Father, you know and have seen how we have acted this week. There were times we lived up to our calling as Christians, but there were other times we did not do so well. We admit there were things we shouldn't have done that we did, and we disobeyed your will and committed sin. From the words that came from our mouths to the bad attitudes and sinful thoughts we entertain in our minds, we need your mercy. We confess other times we should have taken action or said something when a wrong was being done or said, but instead we didn't do anything. Almighty God, thank you for showering us with the cleansing blood of Jesus that washes away all our sin. Amen. Our assurance of forgiveness this morning comes from Matthew 1, verses 20 through 21. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, 
for he will save his people from their sins. Guidelines for living this morning comes from Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Let's stand together as we worship, continue in our worship of God, and let's lift his name on high. receive our morning offering. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this great day that we can celebrate and give thanks for the greatest gift that ever been fostered upon mankind and all eternity. That you would put yourself in a human body so that you could die to save us. It's the most incredible thing we could ever imagine. And yet, Lord, as you, the great gift giver, we give back in gratitude for what you have done for us. Please accept these gifts, accept these people's hearts and lives as they put them in the basket too. In Jesus' name, amen. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and every Shepherds kept their watching or silent flocks by night. Behold, throughout the heavens there shone a holy light. Go tell it on the Thank you. 
Let's come to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in gratitude for the blessings that you've given to us. We thank you for this day that we can celebrate with family and friends and rejoice over the gift that was given to all mankind. We thank you for your indescribable gift. And we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we can bear the name of Jesus on our hearts and that we've been adopted into your family. It's so overwhelming. We praise you, God. I thank you for this nation, Lord, and I pray that you'll be with the leaders of this nation as we encompass uh, whole lives, uh, our lives and our families and all that goes on in this nation. And we pray, Father God, especially you'll give wisdom to the leaders of it. We pray for the craziness that's going on right now and how upside down it seems and how far away it seems getting from what our early nation's fathers wanted as they formed a constitution on their knees praying. I pray, Father God, that you'll bring that back and that you'll bring the normalcy of the Judeo-Christian heritage that we have that runs through and has been continuing to be diminished and eroded. I pray also, too, for the great men and women who today on even this holiday are away from their families, separated, to keep the peace of the world and also to keep the peace on our streets. I just pray for them, Lord, and their families. And we pray especially, too, for our shut-ins. I pray for our brother Bill and for Evelyn and Lucille. I pray for um, Karen and also Kay. I thank you, Lord, that you have Joyce here today and for her back and for for healing for that, Lord. I pray for the up-and-coming epidural that she can get that, Lord, and everything will work out with that. I want to pray for my cousin Nancy, who just found out she's got uh, breast cancer, Lord, and we pray for the radical surgery she's going to have, but also, too, Lord, as they treat her, that she can become free. Be with her dad, too, who's got dementia. Just bless him, Lord. I pray also, too, Father God, for uh, Larry and uh, his family and the grief that they share and for also the placement of Bob. I pray also, too, for Angie, uh, who found out she's got cancer. Be with Angie and Todd as they battle together and as she fights the battle. And for little Samantha, too, Mama, as she battles her cancer. And, Father, I pray for others that are are not well, Lord. We pray especially for... um, uh, the young man, um, his family that uh, was killed and uh, on the car wreck, Lord, and I just pray that you'll give them the strength that they need in their time of need. And now, Father, also too, Lord, we, we lift up, Lord, those who we know that are addicts, that are still battling the battle, and for those who battle every day, that you'll keep them safe, Lord, and that they'll keep from the booze. But we pray for those that are still in the battle and have given over to the monkey on their backs. I pray for Ryan and Jordan and David and Eric and Ricky and Mitch, all these, Lord, who struggle every day with this disease in their hearts. And now, Father God, I pray as we uh, open up your word today, Lord, that you give us what we need to hear and that, Lord, we'll understand what you have to say and that we can take it home with us and enjoy it. And it's through Jesus Christ I pray this. Amen. There's some unusual births that take place in our world. I was reading about one woman who had three unusual children in Michigan. Her children were born three consecutive years, 08, 08, 08, 09, 09, 09, and 10, 10, 10. They say that something like that happened is one in 50 million. There's also those who have had quadruplets, one at 800,000 chances. And sextuplets is one point, and one in six million. And then also, too, there are octuplets, which were six boys and two girls. They were born in one point, one of chance in 22 trillion. 
But the undisputed winner, of course, is Jesus Christ. We know that the predictions of Jesus, there were 333 specific prophecies made of Jesus. And the amazing thing about it is if only 10 were true of Jesus, the chances of that happen is 1 in 10 to the 17th power. It's unbelievable. And yet, Jesus fulfilled all 333. And today we have Matthew the tax collector who was very good with numbers and facts. And he writes to us about something that took place in Jesus, which was what how he was made and the unusual birth that he had. Matthew begins with the first 17 verses with the lineage that Jesus had through Joseph, in which he really was not a bloodline to Joseph, but his Joseph was really his stepfather. In fact, Joseph was never mentioned as his father in the Bible. The only father Jesus had was God. And that what we find here in the Bible that he was his stepfather and he cared well for his family. And that Jesus' heredity came in human form through his father. In fact, it talked about how he was part of a family of beginning way back in the genealogical times and how he was part of the family that he had were not all good people. In fact, they were sinners just like you and I. In fact, we find that in the Bible, Tamar, she was part of an incest. We find Rahab was a harlot. We find Bathsheba, who was an adulterer. And then we also find Jude, who was also involved in incest. So this was Jesus' lineage that Matthew purports because what is so important with Matthew is he wants the people to understand that Jesus is the right stuff and that he came for people like you and me and he comes out of that. But also too, that he's very special. You know, Stephen, Larry King, when he was on CNN one time, he said, you know what the greatest thing he would like to do is to talk to Jesus Christ. My back's bothering me a little bit, so if I seem a little wobbly, don't get nervous. But anyway, and he said, one thing I would really like to know about Jesus is is one thing is the virgin birth. He said, I want to know about this being virgin born. He said, not like Jesus was born like anybody else, but how he was conceived. And that it was because of not of any human effort, but that the Holy Spirit comes. Larry King said he struggled with the virgin birth and he was not the only one. The first guy that struggled with it was Joseph. Joseph struggled with the virgin birth. We can see that here as Matthew now picks up and he starts to talk about Jesus, not only his heredity from human form, but now he talks about how Jesus was actually conceived. He talks about the virgin birth. And look at what Matthew says about it. He says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and wanting to make her public example, not a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Now, if... Joseph could have had her stoned. But we see the integrity of Joseph not wanting to do that, put her away privately. But can you imagine the disappointment Joseph felt? Can you imagine how hard it was for him? Here, this woman that they were in the second part of their betrothment, they call it, and and what they did in those times of engagement, that they were committed just like a husband and wife, but they had no relations. And also to find out that your girlfriend or your betrothal is pregnant must have knocked him for a loop. Can you imagine he might have had some anger about that or disappointment or hurt because of what she did? He didn't understand what she already knew. 
And when she, they think that she might have told him, he might have found out through the grapevine. We don't know. The Bible doesn't make that clear. But can you imagine what he felt towards her? Can you imagine how completely stunned he was that Luke says he was? And how hurt and betrayed he was? Thinking that she might have had relations with another person? Oh, she said it was by the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah, I'm going to swallow that one, Mary. You can imagine. Instead, he started making preparations to make an exit. To get out of the relationship in a very honorable and righteous way. And you see, for Joseph, it was controversial. He couldn't believe it, that she was pregnant. You know, there's been a lot of people who've come through the world and don't want to believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. Some of them have said that they used the virgin birth story to cover for Mary. And that she really did have relations, not with Joseph, but with a soldier. And the church has used that as a cover. Others say the virgin birth is a story that's trying to keep up with all the other religions of the world. Like Buddha, who was believed that an elephant came by into the womb of his mother and gave Buddha birth. Or the Greek god Persis, who had a shower from the goddess Zeus and made her pregnant. Well, the Bible says that Jesus was born because of a miracle. It was an act of God. That act of God is so important to us as Christians. Even though there are many young people today and seminary students that don't believe, 52% of the seminary students don't believe in the virgin birth of Jesus. And it's a very important principle to the church, but also to our salvation. Because if Jesus was not virgin birth, I'm not going to believe in him. Jesus needed to be. And this was God's plan that he was virgin born. That the Holy Spirit conceived inside of Mary. Using her bloodline. So that we could have eternal life. Yes, there's a lot of people who don't believe in the supernatural. But you see, we believe in a God that's bigger than all the rules that man can make. We know that there's a God who has greater that exists in our world, that is greater than this world. And that even the virgin birth that's doubted, we know can be true and is true. Will Smith, who was asked about Tom Cruise's religious experiences with the Church of Scientology, kind of was embarrassed. And you can see it in his voice, he struggles with it too. When they said to him, well, what do you think about Tom Cruise and Scientology? He says, well, I, I really can't condemn him. It's up to him. That's up to him and his family what they want to do. Why? I'm a Christian and I believe in the virgin birth. As if to say, huh, some people think I'm nuts. Well, you see, today the Bible shares with us how Joseph was convinced how we should be convinced that this virgin birth is very true and that it truly happened. Because look at what happens. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel have the Lord appeared in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son and she call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it would fulfill which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet Isaiah saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Here the angel comes and appears to Joseph. And tells him to accept this gal as his wife. And what a wonderful thing he gives him. Not only does he tell him that it's good. But here we see the creator of the world, he says, has conceived inside of her. It's not by any action of man. 
but that has conceived inside of her this transcendent God who's now going to come into life. And he's going to take on a human form through Mary's physicality, but he's going to take on the form and be God in the flesh. That's this transcendent God. This is the God who Ray Ortland says is Yahweh, El Shaddai, the Almighty, El Aon, the Most High God, Adonai, the Master, El Aonim, the Everlasting God. This God is now entering, and this is where the miracle of Christmas is. It's in the womb of Mary. And that he is going to come and be born the king of the universe, not only the king of the world. And his attributes of power and everlastingness and his, his attributes of mercy and grace that we are benefits of will be ours. And we see it through the New Testament writers. John said it in his word and said, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In Colossians, Paul says, In Christ we have the fullness of God and bodily form. And in Hebrews, it says, He was the radiance of the glory of God as he stood here in front of us. And John says, Believe in God, Jesus said, Believe also in me. Why could he do that? Why could he say that? Because he was born and conceived by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit created in her. Now I know there's people who try to figure this all out by all kinds of, uh, of, of workings with their, the biology of it. But it's not anything to do with biology. In fact, there's a group who thinks that maybe he had... Um, this process that sometimes animals will have will create their own being without being impregnated. But it can't be because out of those that happen, they're always female, never male. But here we see the scriptures saying to us and claiming to us that this Jesus who died, that came to earth for us, it was born by virgin birth. He was conceived. And look at what God says to Joseph in verse 20. Son of David. He's talking about this, the promise that was given out of his lineage. Joseph's lineage. And Joseph accepting the call of God to be the stepdad of Jesus. And help raise him with Mary. That would be the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. You see, we see here with Mary and Joseph struggling. And they have to run for their lives. But notice the angel gives them something to hold on. He gives Joseph something to hang on. He gives them this prophecy that was made 700 years before Jesus came on the scene. And look what it says. Behold the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and you will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. What we have here is Joseph has been given the idea and understanding that this prophecy is being fulfilled in Mary and in him. That this virgin birth took place because to save men and that God could be with us Emmanuel and that some people like to say well that word in the Hebrew means little girl but it can mean virgin and yet in the Septuagint it was translated as virgin and there's a word that's used a very firm that says it was virgin and what this prophecy is saying that Mary, who was that virgin, 700 years ago, now has come to realization in Mary. And that because of that, he's going to have the stuff that is needed 
to save mankind and to deliver mankind and also walk the way he did in the perfect life. You see, Jesus Christ is God. He is also born as man. Fully God, fully man. And it's because of this wonderful transcendence of his, of coming into the womb of Mary. And what we see, though, is so critical here that he saves. And what the Bible here is showing us is something incredible. It says, without the shedding of blood, there's no saving. And what we find in the Old Testament, you see, it has to be. And if you remember the sacrifices they made, they came with basically sheep that were pure. Well, here, Jesus goes to the cross as the Lamb of God who is pure. And that he can save us. Because as he lets out his blood of the perfect Son of God, the perfect man, he gives us eternal life. That's the only way we can have eternal life. And our sin deserves the penalty of death. But God's mercy is to bring this child into Mary. And that from her comes this man and God that is able, that does not carry the sin curse on him. He lives in the world that is cursed, but he does not carry that sin curse. And as a man, he walked this life and did not sin. And therefore, because he did not sin, we can trust him to save us and be the spotless lamb that would be sacrificed and his blood let. And on the cross, when he hung on that cross for three hours in darkness and God unleashed his anger on him. It's when he freed us from our sin and forgave us because he was the one who could live perfectly this life. And you see, because he lived that perfect life, because he had the power and strength to conquer sin in his life, and also experience the weight of all God's anger on himself, and withstand it, and put it off, and pay for it, that he could become our perfect substitute. That's why Christ could be the perfect substitute. Because he was God in the flesh. And as he hung on the cross, he still was God in the flesh. Bearing our sins. But having the power to conquer it at that point. So that we can be free from our sins. And that the pure Lamb of God needed to be sacrificed. So it could wash away our sins. And you see the satisfaction... For our sin needed to come before God. Who sent the son of his to do this for us. And he does it for us. Because he can cleanse us. Because he perfectly lived out the law. And in his perfection. He was able to bear all our sin. And our grief. On the cross. And be victorious. So that when we come to Christ, he forgives us. He has the power to do so. That he is God in the flesh. And that he's the pure lamb of God. And you see, what he is, is just satisfying God's justice. Nobody goes to heaven without becoming pure and perfect. Nobody. And it needed the perfect lamb to be sacrificed and his blood let out and the wrath of God poured on that had the power to conquer it all. And we see the power of the resurrection. God gave God, Jesus Christ the resurrection to proclaim to us that he was victorious over death. He was victorious over our sin. He cleansed us. And because of that, we know that we have Christ in eternity forever.
And that doing so, we have a friend, Emmanuel, God with us, who will lead us through those times that we struggle with a sin or a temptation or an addiction. And that he can walk through us because he has felt it all. You know, at Boeing, I went one time to see a friend, one of our parishioners that was working at Boeing at the time. And he was working on the, 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 the stealth fighter. And his job and his work was to put on as much stress as he could on the wings of that fighter. Till this breaking point. And what happens with us, with sin, we all have breaking points. We fall, we stumble. But the Bible says here we have Jesus Christ who never broke and died for our sins. And that's because he can cleanse us then and set us free because of what he did on the cross. And because of that, we know that we can have victory and that we can be forgiven. Last night, I had a very touching thing happen to me at the service last night. I had a little boy standing behind me while I was greeting people going out the door. And it was my grandson, 11-year-old grandson. And he waited. And then he came up to me and said, Poppy, I'd like to ask you a question. I said, Colin, what, what, what's your question? He said, Poppy, you remember when I was here the last time, which was last Easter. He said, I prayed and asked Jesus in my heart. And I know he'd come in my heart, but I still do bad things. And is he mad at me? And will he send me to hell? I said, Cohen, no. I said, Jesus will forgive you for all that you've done. And he'll never let you go. You're his child forever. And that you trust Jesus and he'll forgive whatever you do. You just go to him and tell him that. And then I said, and when you're struggling, to not do those things. Jesus, you can talk to him. And he's experienced that. And he can give you the victory over that badness in your heart. And man, what a blessing. Oh, he said, Poppy, that's good. <laughs> well, folks, today, this matters much. Jesus' death on the cross came about and he could do it for you and for me because he was who he was. He knows our need. He knows the sin that everybody else in this room has and the struggles that we have with it. And he, because he was virgin born, that he was God in the flesh, knows what you feel, knows the disappointments you've gone through, knows the hurts in your heart, knows the angers, knows all that. And he can help us gain the victory. And Christmas is all about that. That because he be was virgin born, <laughs> he knows what we feel and can help us conquer it and forgives us when we stumble, when we make mistakes. There's no sin out of his realm except blaspheming him. He redeems us back. He bought us back. And because of that, because he was the virgin born baby, we can have eternal life. And he has the wherewithal to redeem us. You know, sometimes we do fail him pretty miserably. 
And we don't think, oh, God would ever forgive me. Guess what? He does. Just go to him. I was reading about a ball player by the name of Lou Johnson back in 1965 and won the World Series. He was a hero for the Los Angeles Dodgers. But after his playing days were over, he got into drugs worse. And basically, 30 years of drug addiction and a mess of his life. And here he lost his championship ring. And all the memorabilia he sold off for his drug addiction. And then when he became clean, in 1972, <laughs> it was a Dodger reunion and he didn't have his ring and somebody asked him and he told his story. And they found out that it was for sale on the internet. And the owner of the Dodgers paid for that ring to be bought back and gave it to him to remind him that God forgives and can heal, that he redeemed that ring back. And you see, this is why Jesus, the son of David, son of Mary, fully God, fully man, was such a special person to die for us and be able to handle the wrath of God that could handle life in perfection, never faltering, never sinning, that the prophecy foretold him to be there and the supernatural presence that he had, that he was willing to walk these streets for you and for me so that we could have eternal life, that we can have the security that nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord, and who also sympathizes with us when we fail and will pick us up. In Hebrews chapter 4, 15, it says, for we do not have a high priest, which is Jesus, who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who is tempted in every way, and yet without sin. And I said to Cohen's Cohen, we all sin. I sin every day. But Jesus forgives me. And he forgives you because you trust him. And that he will help you to conquer those bad things you do in your life. And that he'll give you the victory. And you see, what does this do for Joseph when he discovers this prophecy and discovers that Mary has been truly conceived by the Holy Spirit? Then Joseph being aroused from sleep did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took him to his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Joseph's obedient. He does what the angel tells him, what God has told him, and then he names him Jesus, which means God will save. And truly he has saved us. And today I pray that during this Christmas message you understand how important the necessity that Jesus be not only a man, but also fully God. So he could cover our sins in the perfect way he could. That you understand that Joseph had a role and he lived it out the way God wanted him in an obedience as Mary did. And that he handled his disappointment in a very godly way. And you, if you're living in divorce, disappointment right now, that you handle it in the godly way. That you trust the Lord as you walk through that hurt and that anger and that frustration. 
and that you realize God is with you and he'll forgive you and that you're free. You know, last night, after our little talk, he looked up at me and he smiled. And it was a smile of relief. And I'm thinking, was this kid thinking that he was, God was angry at him all this time? And now he knows that Jesus loves him even more and is forgiven. Let's pray together. Lord, I want to thank you for sending your son to this earth, born of a virgin, so that he had the qualifications that no other person in all of eternity could ever have. But to be a man who walked this earth and struggled like us, was tempted like us, and yet without sin. And that he could go to the cross and as your justice demands for our sin to be punished so that we could be forgiven. He took all of your wrath on that very cross and suffered and felt extreme eternal pain and yet fulfilled the task of buying our forgiveness, redeeming us, and giving us the greatest privileges to be a brother and sister to Jesus by adopting us as your children. I pray if there's anybody here, Lord, that does not know this in their heart, that I have never asked Christ into their lives, that today they realize that because of their sin, God is angry. But he also loves them and wants to forgive that sin through his son. And that they accept you, Christ, into their heart. And just say, Jesus, forgive me. Come into my heart and change me. Help me to be faithful like Joseph and to walk by faith. And I thank you, Lord, that promise is true for them. And I thank you for that promise for being true for all of us here today. That we can walk freely from the burdens of our sin and guilt and live in eternity with you assuredly because of who he was and what he did on the cross. And it's in Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. At this point, I would like to invite all those who are believers in Jesus Christ to receive the Lord's Supper. And the Lord's Supper is for our comfort. It's to remind us of what Christ did. It said, before the Lord who had come to the Supper, our Lord and Savior reminded us that this is to be done in remembrance of what he's done. Therefore, to remember our Lord Jesus Christ according to the promises made in the Old Testament that sent of the Father into the world, that he assumed our flesh and blood, and that he here for us of the wrath of God, which we deserve to be perished everlastingly, that he fulfilled all that obedience for us according to the divine law of God. And that he, although innocent, was condemned to death so that we might be acquitted of God's judgment seat. And that he took upon himself the curse that was due to us, that he might fill us with his blessings. And that in humble himself in death, even the bitter and shameful death of the cross, when he cried out from, with a loud voice, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So that we might accept God and never be forsaken by him. And finally that we, we confirm with the washing of the blood this new and eternal covenant of grace and reconciliation when he said, 
It is finished. He said, this is my body which is broken for you. This cup is a new testament in my blood. We are therefore to believe these promises which Jesus Christ, who is the truth, has himself given us, is by the will of partakers of the body and blood of Christ to share in these benefits so that we may dwell in us and we in him, that we don't have to doubt in our hearts what he has done. For in this supper we share in the infinite goodness of God, our Savior, and are made partakers of the blessing of his eternal, righteous, and glorious life. In this supper of remembrance and communion, we also come with our hearts to him. And we do this as he commanded till he come. As we eat the bread and drink the cup, he gives us a pledge and a foretaste of his feast of love, which we will partake when his kingdom is fully come. Under the veil of earthly things, we have this communion with him. But in unveiled face, we shall behold him again, rejoicing in his glory. Come, for all things are now ready. The Lord Jesus, the night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, take, eat, this is my body which has been broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. remembrance of the body of Jesus Christ that was broken for us. Amen. In like manner, he also took the cup. And when he had supped, he said to them, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me.
blood of Jesus Christ that was spilled on our behalf. Lord, as we stand before you, we're in awe to think that you, the God of the universe, would place yourself in a human body so that we could be free from our sin. And that you would allow the abuse of men, mere men, to do what they did to you. But then to realize that your justice was being served, especially when you vented on yourself all your anger on that cross for us that we deserve to pay for in penalty. And you took it on for us. We give you praise and glory and honor, God, for being such a wonderful God who had a beautiful plan that saved us. And through Jesus, we pray this. Amen. Please rise as we receive the benediction and as we go forth and sing our closing song. Okay. If you have a poinsettia that you donated, you may take it after the service. Now receive the benediction. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. The God who loved you and out of darkness brought this world into existence and brought a savior to save us so that we could have life everlasting. Be with you now and forever. Amen. Amen. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son to die on Calvary. From sin to set us free, someday he's coming back. What glory that'll be, wonderful his love to me.